We know the end. Hey, Vern! How you doing, Vern? Oh, oh my man, God, Vern, are you excited about this new thing called the podcast? <laughs> hey, Vern. Hey, Vern. How you doing, Vern? It was not until ten minutes in this movie that I realized, oh, my God, what have I done? I forgot this is a key component of Ernest's personality. Is that hey, he is a friend Vern. with Listen, my Vern, name? Listen, Vern, I want to talk about this crazy new drink called Mellow Yellow. Have you heard of Mellow Yellow? Oh, it's, uh, all the, it's all the flavor of Mountain Dew, but none of the fat. You know, I've always wanted to do it, and it's never happened because it would require so much more than I'm capable of doing by myself. But I've always wanted to do a bit for my YouTube where I film the other half of the <laughs> Ernest commercials, and it's me like, like, get the fuck out of my face, man. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real. The bulk of uh, the bulk of Ernest, like, a good. Tenth of this of earn of this movie is just funny games. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a home invasion movie. Holy shit! Folks, yeah, folks, welcome to movies for babies. We're talking Ernest saves Christmas. Know what I mean? <laughs> Not what I mean. No, do you do you in fact know what we mean? Do you know know what I mean? Uh, actually, <clears throat> I don't think they do, guys. What the fuck is Ernest? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this this will take uh, some doing. I would imagine most of our listeners, most most people of our uh, contemporary age, would know Ernest, but more specifically performer Jim Varney, as the voice of Slinky Dog in yes. <laughs> most of the Toy Story films. And uh, uh, he's uh, a voice in two Treasure out of Planet. Three. Two, two out of four. I think he's... Is it... I think he's in three. I think no, it was no, released he's not posthumously. In, he's, he's not in Toy Story three. I remember that. All right, fifty percent of Toy Story. Because I remember Doug three. Walker making a shitty video about it. 
Oh, is it, boy. Was he also in Treasure Planet or was it Atlantis? I think it's Treasure Planet that he was also in. Yo, he wa- Treasure Planet was his last movie. That's he right. played Cook. No, not Treasure Planet. Uh, Atlantis. He played Cookie, the cook. Okay, gotcha. Up, and the movie Jim was, Barney, in fact, dedicated to Jim Varney. He's also uh, in... No one knows this except for me. He was also Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies movie that came out in the 90s. The Penelope oh, Spheris. good uh, casting. That, that's fine. Diedrich Bader. Fine. Yeah. No, that movie's uh, very funny. Uh, I hate I hate to admit how funny that is, but that's a very funny movie. Uh, Ernest was... Um, the only thing that I could really like... The, the modern-day equivalent... And it's not really a modern-day equivalent uh, that I can think of as, like... Ernest was a commercial commercial pitchman who kind of blew up and became big. It's if the Geico caveman sitcom was successful, that'd be the only modern day. What what if what if the Geico Gecko didn't pitch just Geico Insurance, but also Coke Zero, yeah, and the 2010 Honda Civic? So, and then they made a movie about it. Yeah, so Ernest was a pitchman, but he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't brand loyal. He was kind of like a Billy Mays, and where you could just yeah. hire uh, John Cherry, the director of the Ernest Spots, and majority, all but one of the Ernest movies, and Jim Varney to do uh, an Ernest commercial for your thing. Ernest, uh, he was a uh, Jim Varney was a, a character actor, and his side gig, which became his main gig, was just like uh, one day a week. He would just go and film back-to-back-to-back commercials all day. Sometimes he would... uh, He'd film the same commercial, but for, like, four or five different regional markets. Um, Commercials where he's like, that's right, Jacksonville! That's right! Whatever. You know, like, he would name specific things, and that was just, like, a thing that he did. Uh, And Ernest... uh, The Ernest commercials became super, super, super popular. Um, So much so um, that... And this is one of my favorite, a, a, a movies for babies staple, shitting on Disney and their ineptitude. Ernest was very popular in the South, and his popularity from these commercials uh, got him invited to be a character in a parade that happened in Orlando, Florida. But also, because this parade was happening in Orlando, Florida, Disney lent out <laughs> Mickey Mouse to be at this parade. And the parade goes by, and Ernest, uh, Jim Varney as Ernest P. Worrell, gets a way bigger reaction than Mickey Mouse does. And one of the Disney people goes back to work the next day. Someone asks him, how did the parade go yesterday? This Disney person that was at the parade is furious. He's like, we take Mickey Mouse, our beloved character, and no one gives a shit about him, but people go crazy over this dumb commercial guy. He's com- he's voicing this complaint, and someone at Disney says, "Hold up! A commercial guy got a bigger reaction to Mickey Mouse. Well, let's see if we can do something with him, and let's try to make him into something." Uh, let's be real. Both of these men both wiped off their noses before they started this conversation. Yes, of course. Uh, and so uh, Ernest, who was uh, previously just like the spokesman for like Mellow Yellow and like. Uncle Jim's used car auto emporium or whatever. Right. And uh, like his whole bit is the annoying neighbor. Yes. He is your his, like he annoying. He performs a home invasion. Yeah, to on, on his, his supposed neighbor, Vern. friend Vern. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, Vern doesn't seem to like him very much, but I on do. His I hate Vern, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this fucking guy. Canonically, um, the Vern in all of Ernest, Vern's, uh, Ernest's commercials and in this movie is me. Yeah, is is uh, our pal Vern, um, <laughs> and it is the wildest idea to try and take this character and turn it into a film premise. It's like well, so no, it, many. It's like if you took Billy Mays and made him Pee Wee Herman. Right? It's, it's, it, but it, he's an annoying neighbor who talks fast, which is not a, I mean, it is a character with a, with, in the classic sense, but it's not like a hero of a film, right? Mm-hmm. And you not take a, this character. N- n- not a main, like, maybe a supporting character, not a main character. Not a main character. Of he's, whom he has, he has, uh, he's gone to camp. He's yes. gone to jail. He's gone to prison. He's gone to yes. Africa. Yes, uh, he went to. Oh, he went to Africa. Um, but he uh, uh, fits so well into the Slinky uh, Dog role. But to try and take the, it's like when Saturday Night Live tells you they're making a movie, and you're like, a whole movie about Pat <laughs> from its Pat, a whole movie about Pat God. from its Pat. Of no, its no, Pat it, the the it's like making a movie entirely about sandy cheeks yeah kind of <laughs> um it's, there's there's not a good one-to-one analog i think the geico caveman is like close like if they had the, made the because clo- like, the, he's a commercial character but like yeah the, but also everything we're talking about is a specific brand but this was a character that passed from commercial to commercial but was never owned. It's very so it's not it's it's very this was back when public access TV was a thing. Yeah. Right. Like and one of the he's characters very much a in creature of that era. The one of the things that benefited um Jim Varney and the Ernest character is that like so Ernest Jim Varney and John Cherry uh, all worked out of Tennessee. Um, and how do I put this in a way that's unoffensive? Like, the humor in these commercials are very lowbrow. A lot of, like, he fall down, go boom. A lot of these commercials feature Ernest just, like, he's in a ladder. He's on a ladder in a window talking about Mellow Yellow. And then me, Vern, pushes him <laughs> off the ladder. Um, but what helps with these movies in this transition to the movies is like Jim Varney is legitimately was, he's no longer with us, uh, was legitimately a talented actor. And because like, there's a lot of like, he fall down, go boom. They could kind of sort of turn Ernest into like a Buster Keaton or a Charlie Chaplin, where there's a lot of like physical slapstick humor, like all, and a lot of these movies, uh, these Ernest movies, it's Ernest, and he's inept, and he gets into a situation, and he gets hurt a whole bunch. Uh, and the, the, there's an alternate timeline where Jim Varney could have been a Coen brother regular. I I want to see that movie so bad. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he, you know, he had a little bit where he could pass between, like, roles. Like, he's the bad guy in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. Like, and, and even within the Ernest movies... There is a certain amount of him getting to play other broad characters like uh, Auntie Nelda and the Snake uh, Wrangler and like all these different like broad types that he could have been. But he ends up just being 
the guy with the earnest voice. Because he basically does that in Toy Story. He does that in his episode of The Simpsons. Um, I assume he does it on Hercules, the animated series. Um, and like, it's, it's just sort of a blue-collar clown. Yes, whereas, like, you can find videos of him, like, doing Shakespeare. And, like, it's not Ernest doing Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, no, it's like, like, what, I, honestly, what he reminds me as is, like, a funny Mike Rowe. Okay. Of dirty jobs. Ex- except if Mike Rowe wasn't like a shitty coke funded guy, because <laughs> like uh, you know, because for, for the record, listeners, Mike Rowe is a right to work, anti union, anti like labor law guy. Who Let me show you the to, real like, Basically, goes to like every dirty job in America and says, "Hmm, there should be less regulation to do this job." Yeah, and that's then nice. leaves to go somewhere else. These brave men don't need health insurance. They're doing the real work. No, he he actually did this thing called, like, the S-W-E-A-T pledge. Ew. Yeah, where it's like, you know, I value hard work being the most important thing. And in fact, I value safety third after a large profit and getting home. Bummer. Yeah, uh, oh no, he's like, uh, he, 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 he's very much a piece of shit. Um, not that I, it's like, shit not that, like, I had a, a, a huge affinity or affection for Micro before learning this, but... No. Well, like, uh, th- like, this is the only Ernest movie I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so, like, I was born in 1993, so I very much missed the Ernest bus. Am I, uh... Kevin, were you uh, an earnest kid growing up, or is this, uh, or did you miss that as well? I was not an earnest kid. I saw a few of them. Okay. I saw Ernest Scared Stupid when I was very young, and mm. it like legitimately fucking frightened me. There and the troll legitimately, monsters yeah. of that yeah. movie like, like haunted like, the darkness of I acknowledged of my Ernest <laughs> as um, like going to the grocery store rental store. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And those Missourians, I would go. My family would go to Schnooks for our movies, of course. Um, and just seeing like, oh, there's this weird man making deeply unpleasant faces <laughs> on this movie cover. Uh, what is his problem? Justin, I want to you... rent. Uh, uh, you know, I want to rent the All Stars uh, cartoon hour. Right, Justin. You looked at those VHS covers and you went, yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, <laughs> I you know what I made the earnest face. Yeah, uh, he, uh, but it's so whenever and in fact uh, I remember whenever I pitched uh, us watching this movie to Justin. I remember he reacted going, "Wow!" <laughs> 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 uh, but um, I also saw <laughs> sound Wario makes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that, Jim that is my point of reference to the Varney sound. Hey, yeah, uh, uh, Jim Varney should have played Waluigi. Uh, I was but, just uh, going to say the no, same actually, thing. Yes, I was just going to say the that. Un, in the unproduced uh, Mario Brothers movie sequel. If they had made a sequel, exactly, he they, should have played Waluigi. They, Jim, Var, Jim Varney as Waluigi, um, Danny DeVito as Wario. Yes, good, thank you. I print it. I'm down with that. Welcome, Hollywood. I'm down with that. I personally think Bob Hoskins should have played Wario instead of Mario. Dual roles. Oh, wait, wait, as like a double? No, I I think like they shouldn't have had Mario. They should have had Mario as a different actor. I think Bob Hoskins, 
if you watch the original Mario Brothers movie, I think he's a better Wario than he is a Mario. He's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm from Brooklyn. He's just playing Eddie Valiant. He's yeah. just being Eddie Valiant, who is a better villain than a hero. But, man, I love the idea of Jim Varney as Waluigi. I, oh my god, I, uh, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, Cha-cha-cha. And so, I had also seen um, Ernest yes. Goes to Africa a few times. I am sorry. Um, okay. Which what does was, he actually do in Africa? Nothing good. There was this period in time in American comedy where movie sequels were, let's send the characters to a different place. And for a while, that place was Africa, because Ernest went there, Ace Ventura went there. And then yes. even as we enter into the 2000s, we realize that that is probably pretty dicey territory. So we started sending them to England. Garfield went to England. The Shanghai Knights went to England. We started sending ever Agent Cody Banks. The second one, we would just start sending people to England as the new Africa. Um, and, oh God! And, well, like, oh, didn't it? Um, so, like that that falling series that like Blank Falls with Gerard Butler. They went to England and has fallen. Yes, right? absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, London yeah, yeah. has fallen. Um, yeah, I, that might have been the third one of those. I'm not, I don't, I forget the chronology of the Olympus Has Fallen franchise. <laughs> the, 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 the fallen cinematic universe. The is, dense uh... lore of the fallen cinematic universe. But, um, and I, uh, Vern, you and I are both big fans of the YouTube series Ernest Roulette, which Absolutely. has given me a uh, familiarity with all of these uh, Ernest, to one degree or another. Ernest Roulette, if you've not seen it, it is a video podcast. Uh, one of the co-hosts of it is Neil Cicerega, uh, who's a, uh, we've talked about on Kevin just how incredible genius. he is. Uh, a, genius. The, 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 a titan of, of internet comedy. Yes. Um, 100%. If, uh, I, I strongly recommend to almost, if you like this show, if you like movies for babies, you will enjoy Ernest Roulette. Uh, they talk about every single Ernest movie. I will say, uh, as a kid, I was a big, uh, Ernest head. Um, uh, is it because they referenced you in the commercials? It's because I had no friends, and finally I had someone who would talk to me. Uh, Ernest was your only friend. Um, Ernest was my only friend. Uh, you could also hear me make that same joke in an episode of Hollywood Handbook, the pro version, live at Seattle. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, I've only got four jokes. Uh, hey, no, listen, we love Hollywood Handbook in Seattle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was a but big... But only in Seattle. Yes, I was a big Ernest head as a kid. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid is probably, is like widely considered to be like the best one. Um, if you ask me, Ernest Goes to Jail... Uh, is is the one. Ernest Goes to Jail is just a few clicks away from being like a cult classic movie, I think. Um, it's a great, uh, wonderful little movie where like Jim Varney really gets to show off his acting chops. Yes. He plays a, uh, he plays Ernest, but he also plays a like real deal like criminal who escapes from prison. Uh, he does a, a, a swap. He puts on Ernest it's clothes. A, uh, it's big Muppets Most Wanted. Uh, energy, yeah. <laughs> energy, yeah. Uh, but well, uh, Jim Varney gets I, I, I know Ernest Goes to Jail because I used to listen to um, How It Got Made, and that was the movie where everyone just uh, concluded that Jim Varney is in fact hot. Yeah. And oh, yes. I got, I'm not going to lie. 
Jim Varney is, in fact, when he's being an asshole, extremely hot. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go there. Uh, and there's, like, a, whenever he's Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies movie, there's, like, a, a, like a ruggedness to him. Like, you wouldn't mind just being in a cabin while he putters around and, like, uh, heats up the the oven, you know, like heats up the fireplace and splits wood. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a there, yeah. I, I would sign off on Jim Varney being hot, but uh, Jim Varney, uh, he's in a ton of there's a ton of Ernest movies, majority of them being straight to video. Uh, there were four or five that were theatrically re- theatrically released. The first being uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. The second one being the topic of today's episode, Ernest Saves Christmas, because it's kind of one of those things that, like, we don't know what... They still, like... It still feels like, even though this is their second Ernest movie, they don't know what to do in an Ernest movie. Uh, and so it's like, ah, I guess a Christmas one? Uh, and then this was successful. Ernest Goes to Camp was uh, successful. But because, like, they did this one, and it was successful, and it was holiday-themed, they're like, I guess a, a Halloween one? Uh, and, uh, and then the rest of the Ernest filmography is literally just like, Ernest goes here, Ernest goes there, Ernest does this. <laughs> Ernest uh, goes to East Germany. Yes, uh, Ernest goes to Kabul, Afghanistan. Uh, <laughs> Ernest goes to downtown Detroit. <laughs> Ernest goes to a mattress made Ernest by... helps the Taliban. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just like Rambo. It is earnestly shocking that Ernest never went to Australia, because he even was around for that period of American comedy, the Australian Crocodile Dundee. Although we we always brought the Australians to us. Yeah. We well, didn't no. go there. We the, the, we the movie had I them... grew up with was Mary Kate and Ashley go to Australia to fight Italian mobsters. Of course. Who have taken over the outback, as we exactly. all know. Uluru is overrun uh, by fucking Italian gangsters, gobble The wretched Italians have conquered Melbourne. We, Mary-Kate and Ashley, must stop them to save the surfing scene. Yeah. Uh, I, uh... But usually the Australians came to us, those wild men trying to exist in our cities with our people. I, uh... They're I'm... not sending their best. I've got to brag on my... <laughs> I've got to brag on myself. I'm so proud of this, and I don't care. I'm shoehorning this in. Uh, the other day, I was uh, I carry up. Uh, my job requires like I break down a lot of boxes. I do some other things. I carry a pocket knife with me at work. Yeah, uh, like you're, you're you're Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, and uh, the other day at work, someone asked me, "Hey Vern, do you have a knife on you?" And I said, "I do." Well, Crocodile Dundee would disagree. And I thought that was so funny, and no one laughed. But uh, anyway, very good gag. (laughs) Thank you. I was very proud of it. But (laughs) no, I I don't mean like that. Is like (laughs) that is an SNL quality joke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't mean that as a condescension. I mean that as that is a good broad joke to make in a sketch. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I'm. I'm more conversationally funny than I am in any other uh, thing, unless you listen to me on a podcast in which you realize that's not whole oh, <laughs> shit. I'm not conversationally funny. But anyway. And then, and then it's like talking to Robert De Niro. Yes. Uh, Ernest is Christmas. Um, I got, 
I didn't make a lot of notes for our last movie because our last movie is... We, we have a promise here that we were going to do good movies uh, for the rest of the year. I will argue that Ernest Saves Christmas is a good movie, but... I would agree. But I wouldn't... But I didn't take notes during Fantastic Mr. Fox because I was like, I want to enjoy this movie. And I think Ernest Saves Christmas is a is a good movie, but like... As far as the good that we've covered with Muppet Movie, with Fantastic Mr. Fox, with everything, I was like, Goosebumps, this is on the lower end of good. This is right above the notch where, like, the fine territory exists. Yeah, I am going I, to I, land. I would say it's good, but it comes entirely on the back of one man, and that man is Don Sears. Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the guy, so the, you, everyone would know him as the man who voiced the Sultan from Aladdin. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. But he is... He's a guy. He He's is been right. one of the best Santa Claus I have ever seen in You know, cinema. this was one of my, growing up, this is one of my least favorite Ernest movies. And so much of it was because... He was such a good Santa Claus, and it bummed me out. Like, no one like, listening to Santa Claus, Santa Claus going to prison, it bummed me out like as a kid. Like, he is tooth-achingly sweet. Yes, yes. And just nice, and he just loves everybody and what he does, and just loves everything about his own existence in a way that, as a 26-year-old, is just disarming. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he is putting in like a hundred and ten percent in being Santa Claus. Yes. In the way, and like, okay, this movie is basically what if, what if the Santa Claus movie was good? Oh, ooh, literally, no, because look, okay, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen is basically what if an asshole became Santa Claus. And then all sequels of that movie are, what if an asshole stayed Santa Claus? Okay, okay. It just, you know, because Tim Allen just, oh, I'm a big man. I love tools. Uh, what, I have to be Santa? I gotta love everyone? That's gay as hell. <laughs> whereas Which in, is the crux of the movie. Whereas in this, there's an element of, like, Santa Claus is looking for a replacement, but he yeah. wants to find someone who's a, a also a decent person. Yeah, and he goes to champion of the 90s, Fred Rogers. Essentially, yeah, this he, movie... He, he goes to a Mr. Rogers type. Yes. A public access TV puppeteer. Uncle, Uncle Joe, who, uh... Fred Rod maybe more of a Captain Kangaroo type than a Fred Rogers type, but a, still a, a, like, like an amalgam of Fred Rogers, Captain Kangaroo, and Jim Henson. He uh he's doing a puppet show for, for kids. Uh and it's like, oh yeah. how sweet. And then it does this wide shot where this banner this barrier that he was behind is a see-through partition. So like But it's like a fun house partition. So like the it's kids like would have seen warped. him like puppeteering the entire time. There's a this is a this is a touchtone uh, pictures release under the Disney umbrella. But a lot of this kind of feels very low budget, very homegrown. This is uh, a Weinstein distribution joint. Yeah, uh this is kind of feels like a all right, here's some money. Go fuck off and make an earnest movie. Uh, yeah. And it and it kind of shows in this, despite it being a Christmas movie, everyone is just 
everyone in this movie is covered in sweat at all times. Well, no, no. We'll get to that. That's the location <laughs> they set this in. That's I, Orlando, baby. I hear you, but also, like, they're they're all just sopping wet, and it's all Isn't so it amazing that Can South I... Orlando looks exactly like Southern California? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for bringing one of my favorite Austin Powers quotes into the equation. Um, <laughs> no, but, right. okay, this movie <laughs> should have been set in L.A., right? Thank you. I was just thinking the same thing. It's so like, weird that they chose Orlando but want to do California so, things so in Orlando. So the subplot is Santa Claus needs a replacement, and he goes to a... He goes to Mr. Rogers to hire him, but Mr. Rogers has a despicable... And I'm sorry to say it, coded Jewish agent. Yeah. A guy well, who listen, Mr. Mr. Big Deals, Mr. Big Florida, Deals, who rolls you're a up movie agent. You're fucking Jewish. I'm sorry. Kevin, you were saying about Mr. Big Deals. Mr. Big Deals. He, his custom license plate, his vanity plate, says Big Deals. He, <laughs> this uh, in the Ernest universe, this man is later elected president. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This guy did a coke binge and wrote a fucking book about making deals. Yeah. I hate this guy. No, th- this I gotta tell y'all, I do this. this day gives uh, gives business seminars to, I don't know, pool salesmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy's great. Um, lo- I hate him. I had to do this movie in like three shifts. I was bored out of my fucking skull. I like, really? I, I sat down on the exercise bike. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to watch Ernest Saves Christmas. And I got 30 minutes in and I was like, I need to watch something else for a little while. You will. Hey, Kevin, there's this amazing thing. Uh, it's called Double Speed. You can no, watch I will, a movie I, in 45 minutes? Justin, I patently refuse to watch a movie at more than 1.0 speed. I won't do it. Um... But uh, uh, it, it's I had to do this movie at like three shifts. I don't know. There are there are elements of this movie that I like. Right? I like yeah. that when the guy gets crushed by the big shipping container. Later, we see that he's like flat against the side of it, and it's like very obviously they cut a hole in this thing, and like it's like a holiday decoration when you put like Santa, you know, flat it's, on yeah, on the window. It's those been 30 like minutes. Vern, do you want right. to start the recap? Sure. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like uh, one of those witch decorations where she flew into your house. Um, yeah. I, I love that homegrown feel. I love that, that a reindeer flies to the ceiling and they just built an upside down ceiling yes. and had a reindeer walk on it. Like that rules. They keep, um, they keep cutting to the shittier American version of Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Which is very oh. funny because after Jim Varney died, John Cherry made a Laurel and Hardy movie starring the the big guy. Uh, I can't. I've got his name. Galliard Sartain. Really? Uh, not Laurel. Not Laurel. Um, it was it, Jim Varney was supposed to be uh, Laurel, but uh, Jim Varney passed away, so they got. Wow. I can't remember who the other guy is, but anyway. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, all week leading up to this movie, every time I'd think, like, I'm gonna watch Ernest Saves Christmas, the, uh, opening music from Christmas Vacation would play in my brain, and I was like, wait, different movie. Uh, this then movie they op- forgot to shoot an opening to the movie. Yes. It opens with images of the Coca-Cola Santa, 
uh, and just like <laughs> a med- medley of different um, Christmas songs. The Coca-Cola sure. Santa, uh, as a reminder to you all, uh, that is in a fact, reminder Santa to you all. is a corporate symbol and yes. buy presents, you pigs. Uh, but also, uh, Coke in a glass is a treat. Um, Santa arrives in Orlando via airplane. Uh, all the kids at the airport in Orlando immediately know he's Santa. And That's Santa, actually a great detail, though, that like kids can clock who Santa is, just but like adults yeah, like, can't. Uh, and he's really like telegraphing that he's Santa Claus. <laughs> um, oh yes, I work in the north. Yes. I work in toys. You yeah. big wheeling business type. You know how that is. They decide to not try and lampshade you. Like, oh, is this guy Santa or isn't he? We know from jump this is Santa. Uh, yeah. They uh, are daring you to not believe that this is Santa. Yes. Uh, it's, it's right away. And he's, as I said, he telegraphs, like, I work up north in toys. It's very obvious that he's, uh, Santa. And, like, he, 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 he goes to immigration. Like, he goes to the TSA and they, they check out his passport. And his passport photo is him in the Santa Claus hat. And, like, his name on the passport is Santa Claus. It's not Chris Kringle. It's not... Uh, Saint Nicholas. It's well, no, Santa no, no, Claus. no, no, no. Chris Kringle is his predecessor. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because, uh, um, well, at, although technically Christ Kringle returns refers to the like a Dutch angel of Christmas. Gotcha. That got conglomerated into the character of Santa Claus in America during, when Coca Cola started their um, ad campaign. I see. I see. First big question right off the way. He's talking with that TSA agent, and that TSA agent fucking hates his job. And, like... As any TSA agent should. Yes. Uh, But he looks at this passport, and he sees Santa Claus. And in the passport photo, Santa Claus is wearing the full Santa Claus suit. And his name says Santa Claus. And, like, the TSA agent, the guy at immigration, immediately is like, this guy seems suspicious. And he looks at... uh, a bunch of like punch out level stereotypes. No, 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 no. In all fairness, the clientele of El Slizo Cafe. Yes, yes, yes. He sees that and then he's like, whatever. And then here's my question. He does this. He goes like, whatever. And then later on in the movie, near the end, two of Santa's elves arrive and they have passports that also seem suspicious. And he's just like, whatever. Here's my question. Three of the 1911 terrorist hijackers arrived to America via Florida. Do you think this guy <laughs> let them in? <laughs> no, in all fairness, uh, is, Santa went to a, a flight training camp to learn how to fly his sleigh properly. I was... I was so amused at the idea that this guy in an earnest movie let the terrorist hijackers for September 11th in. And I've been sitting on that for two and a half hours. Uh, Anyway. So, Santa Claus is getting... He's getting his stuff. He gets his... uh, His bag comes in off the luggage carousel and it's a giant red bag. Meanwhile... It's his... "Quote unquote sack." Yes, he says. He constantly talks about how important his sack is to him. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And then he would always just like reach down and grab his pants. Yeah, it was no, really, he, it was really just, uncomfortable. He, yeah. he grabs his boys, uh, and he's like, "I'll show you Santa's sleigh." And he would just, he just grab his. At one nuts. point, he says, "I can't wait to open my sack for all these little boys and girls." <laughs> I, I'd love to show you what's inside of my sack. Uh, I'm trying hard to get it's his kids. It's full of this wonderful things. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, uh, in every single one of these Ernest movies, Ernest has a different job. Uh, in this one, and it lives in a different part of the country. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in this one, he's a cab driver. Unintention. I'm sure this is unintentional, but the cab he drives is number sixty-nine. Nice. In all fairness, also the cab in the glove compartment has a sticker that says "Keep the Christ in Christmas." Yes. Okay. I in was going to movie about. Santa Claus! <laughs> J- Ernest himself does not... This movie is a very secular Christmas film. There is no mention of the Christ. This isn't Peanuts Christmas where Linus gets up and talks about our Lord no, being no, born. No, I, I, look, Ernest does not give two horrible. shits about this, no, Jesus what Christ. What I'm going to say is... My, might get us cancelled, but I'm sorry. This is one of many Christmas movies for Jewish people. Whoa. Interesting. Because okay. no, because it utterly no. Like, look, all of the like classic Christmas carols, like you know, uh, silver bells, silver bells, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. or like walking to Winter Wonderland. A lot of Christmas songs that we associate with Christmas are written by Jews. My oh, favorite yes. Christmas song, like ever. my buddy Milty, um, who you might know from Jive Action Nerds, is like he used to be in. Like, he's Greek. But he, mm-hmm. and not Jewish, but he was, it, but he can sing. So he was in a Jewish a cappella club at Washington University. And they would do a killer Christmas show. Because a lot of modern Jewish, um, a lot of modern Christmas songs were written by broke Jews desperate to make a buck. But they didn't want to talk about Christ, so they talked about Everything else. Just the season of Christmas. My favorite Christmas song ever is Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love. And that was written by a Jewish man. Uh, White Christmas was written by a Jewish man. A- exactly. Uh, it was written uh, yeah, by showbiz so. Jews. I have a I have a question related to that Keep Christ in Christmas bumper sticker, but for later. Um, Don't get me fucking started. Keep going. Oh, okay. Um, so oh, Ernest is a... Sounds like a reason to get started. Hmm. <laughs> If you want, no. it's okay. Okay, uh, not now. Maybe uh, later. We'll see how we'll see how this develops. We'll see how whether this or not I rail on about how Christians don't even care about Christmas. Um, keep going. Okay. Uh, so Ernest, uh, right away, Ernest, right away, we see is a he's bad at his job. Uh, this guy is petrified. He gets launched out of a moving vehicle at one point. The passenger does that. Ernest is taken to the airport. Well, okay. I'm pretty sure his character is meant to be dead. Because he is stiff and doesn't move. And all of the sounds that he makes, the grunts, are ADR. Oh, maybe, yeah. So, Ernest kills a man. man. (laughs) And then sends him to the airport, but not after running over a handful of Japanese men. Because it's 1987, and it's still okay to hate the Japanese. And the only tourists in movies are Japanese. 
Absolutely. And they are taking pictures of everything. See also Gremlins 2. Um, and Caddyshack. Ernest... See, uh, see, actually, uh, back to the future, true. too. Uh, Ernest dumps this corpse in the luggage carrier <laughs> and, and drives off to kill again. And this is assuming that none of the car crashes Ernest causes in this movie are fatal. Dozens yes. and dozens of car accidents. Uh, um, which, he, which is a strong, strong assumption. I was going to say, uh, very shortly after this, he picks up Santa Claus and he causes a massive pileup on the interstate. Uh, to save a Christmas tree that fell out of the back of a truck. Um, which seems absurd, but having lived in Orlando and driven down I-4 several times, that's a, that's a pretty normal occurrence, actually. Just multi-car pilots across the interstate. Um, that's Orlando for you. City of dreams. Absolutely. Uh, Santa is in Florida to make... The Sunshine State. Uh, Santa is in Florida to make this guy, Uncle Joe... The uh, the uh, he's a kids show host to make him the new Santa, uh, and it's, it's revealed pretty early on that like Santa is slipping. Uh, he, yeah, he he's he accidentally senile. gave a kid real money with a toy instead of like play money, and so like Santa can't pay for his cab bill in Ernest because he's a Ernest is a nice guy let lets him have it for free. Um, uh. Uh, Santa leaves his bag, his sack, in Ernest's cab. But uh, oh, and on the way to the, uh, I forgot a big thing. On the way to uh, to meet Uncle Joe at this children's museum that he works at, they encounter a runaway youth by the name of Star. Uh, and Star is like, let's be real, a gay teen named Harmony Star. Yes, uh, very much like late '80s, early '90s, like cool girl. You know, side, like side ponytail, yeah. Uh, very New York Jersey accent, yeah. Uh, and if this movie was like had a harder uh, rating, like MPAA rating, she would have a switchblade at one point. I, if she pulls I, again, on someone, which cements the whole this movie should have been in LA thing. Yeah, because yeah. the two cities Jews live in are New York and LA. I can, I can, yeah, I, I, I'm buying this more and more. Um, not that I didn't buy it, but it's you're selling. It's like focused on the entertainment industry. Like what agent? What talent agent? I guess there are agencies in other cities. Well, okay, but. okay. Like there is one. There is one kind of entertainment industry in Florida, and it's Santa hosting a casting couch, <laughs> which no one wants to see. I will say. There is a very tiny film community in Florida, and it's very, like, I would see it, and I'm like, oh, you guys are, you're, it's cute, you're all trying. There's a lot of, like, a lot of the film projects that are, like, available that I've seen, like, friends of mine in are just, like, Disney-related but not Disney-produced things. Mm. You know, it's just, like, uh, I don't know, it's, there's something of a, but it's, like, Obviously, you don't go to Florida to make your... Unless you're Gonzo from the Muppet movie. You don't go to Florida to make your riches in Hollywood. Well, no, no, uh, no. In all fairness, Harmony Kareen did a movie in Florida. No, he did several. Uh, so, yeah. Um, there are movies yes. down there. But it is not a predominant no. industry. They are they are not flattering portrayals of Florida. The uh, the entertainment industry of Florida is themed. They can't all be the Florida and Project. Por- and pornography. I, I need to reinforce And pornography. This. I'm sorry. They have a I, very strong 
pornographic industry in Florida. I, uh, I, uh, whenever I was living in Florida, my uh, girlfriend at the time and I went to the pool at our um, apartment complex, and uh, the people that were at the pool very clearly just got done filming themselves fucking. Uh, so uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I believe. I, I, Vern, no offense, I'm pretty sure the Disney Village is a pretty regular recruiting site. Uh, I, I know, like, there's, like, four different apartment complexes you can live at as a Disney College Program person. One of them is called Vista Way, and everyone calls it Vista Lay. Uh, and it was, like, Ugh. they, I guess Playboy Magazine did a write-up on it one year. It's whatever. Um... When in like two thousand two? Yeah, back when pl- print media was. Well, still I, was this like after they stopped trying? They stopped pretending to pr- like um, publish like literary short stories, and they just leaned full in on the sleaze. I yeah, I feel like it was in that uh, era where like Girls Gone Wild had become really popular. Oh, you know what God. I mean? Like that kind of era, just like like the spring break aesthetic. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, Ugh. Ernest, uh, Santa, and this runaway youth go to the Children's Museum. Uh, they encounter un- uh, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe is, as I said, a kid's show host, but his show is getting canceled. But that's perfect because uh, it's, it's, he, he's got a schedule free to be Santa Claus, but also his uh, super racist... Uh, <laughs> the, okay, in all fairness, level, the uh, agent <laughs> who arrives with a license plate that says Big Deals yes. comes in. And, I'm sorry, if you're a sunburnt white person in Orlando who takes an immediate dislike of Santa Claus, <laughs> then I don't know what the fuck else you could be. If you're a sun-drenched white man in Florida who takes an immediate dislike to Santa Claus, you might, you be, a might be a Jewish fella. <laughs> you might be a Jew. <laughs> Who insists on calling him Mr. Santos. Mr. Santos, Which is yes. a gag that could also work in Hollywood, but inexplicitly <laughs> is set in Florida. <laughs> well, there's a large uh, Cuban population in Florida. It could work. It's but... Well, yeah, except they're all like the crazed plantation owners that <laughs> <Astro> kicked out. <laughs> Uh, All of Meyer Lansky's—they're not buddies. sending their best. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this has been the last episode of Movies for Babe. Anyway, uh, Jim Varney should have played Castle. Listen, okay, listen. If you're a Cubano who uh, doesn't, who still in 2020 viscerally hates Castro. And you listen to our podcast? If you're a Cuban, I hope your mom's in the fuck. Still visibly hates Castro. <laughs> Go back to wishing on how you hit Kennedy, you old Greek. <laughs> we are completely off the rails. Um. Okay, I have had two shots of rum and also. A very, what I call a half and half of rum and coke. Oh. So, if the CIA <laughs> has tried to poison your cigars multiple occasions, you might be a Castro. If Alan Dulles 
buys you a fancy new Ford truck, you might be a Cuban gorilla. If you, if, if when you announced that you are now the leader of Cuba, Michael Corleone kissed his brother. <laughs> I was also about to do a Godfather. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. After that, I know nothing about Cuba, so. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, apparently, if Conan O'Brien visits your country on one of his Conan abroad specials, you might be. If Cuba. you are the son of immigrants in Florida and your case gets involved with Janet Reno, you might be Elaine Gonzalez. Um, if you still support. Guido, in 2020, you might be a Venezuelan expatriate. <laughs> oh, boy. We're not going to get through this movie. Uh, so. I've said everything I have to say. <laughs> it is paper thin. The amount of material they have here could barely sustain a 30-minute episode of Hey Vern, It's Ernest, <laughs> but they have decided it is a 90-minute Well, film. no, no, they get a lot of mileage out of cutting to consistently a literally shittier 90s version of Laurel and Hardy, just a fat man and an old man. Yeah. Guys, staring uh, at flying reindeer and consistently fucking up in recognizing their flying reindeer. Guys, if you think a guy looking left and right back and forth a hundred times is fucking hilarious, this is the movie for you. Because Galliard Sarkin oh, punctuates listen, every the, sentence it's, it's with funniest that. at the fifth time he does it. it. It does have that, like, kind of the how I make comedy where it's kind of funny and then not funny and then it's funny because he keeps doing it and then not funny at all and then it kind of follows that uh, parabola that kind of thing uh, the other guy is Bill Berg who's perhaps most famous as the guy who says guns don't kill people I kill people in UHF um, so okay you know, if, if, if the listeners know that like depression era picture where the old man swallows his nose Oh, yeah, yeah. The other guy looks like that. Yeah, he does kind of. But he keeps making that face, and he doesn't talk. Yeah, yes. And uh, that's the joke. Yeah, he's he's funny-looking old guy, essentially. What if, folks, folks, what if people looked weird, and we made a movie about that? <laughs> and we called it Trash Humpers. It's, it's the, that's the kind of low-hanging fruit that, like, John Cherry and Jim Varney would do in their commercials and in their movies. It's a, if it's a Jim thing. Varney produced Harmony Cody, If Jim Varney produced Trash <laughs> John Cherry's Spring Breakers would have been a, would have been a I would watch the shit out of that. Um, Jim Varney's Trash Humpers. I'm... Jim Varney is gummo. <laughs> He's just playing all of his terrible characters, but they're all equally sad and poor in Florida. Know what I mean, Julian Doctor yeah, Boy? Exactly. <laughs> this show's for nobody. Um. <laughs> Listen, this 
is just this is just for the boys. Yeah, this is just for the babies. I watched uh, Happy Death Day last night uh, for the first time, and the the mascot of the college that exists in that movie is the they're called the Bayfield Babies. That's the name of their football team. And <laughs> someone walks by and they yell "Babies for life!" and it made me think of this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, babies. babies for life. I guess you could be safe in knowing no one else has that mascot. <laughs> I like Select there them. is there is a well storied history of quote unquote the good team having just trash mascots like the Bayfield squirrels and flubber or the Hamfield hams in whatever Disney movie I can't remember at this moment, but I know it's in fact in, it's a um, Disney original movie. In not another teen movie, their team is called the Wasps, and it's a wasp with like a tennis racket and a sweater tied Very around nice. its neck. Very nice. How how is it that you can produce a movie and it is less clever than not another teen movie? <laughs> hey, I think you are throwing a lot of shade at not another teen movie, oh. and I don't know if it's no, no, that's fair. Chris Evans is at his best in that movie. Jamie Presley. Jamie that, Presley that too. is in the, the film. That movie is actually great. <laughs> that movie is actually yeah. It should be played on Comedy Central at yes. 3 a.m., but it's pretty good by those standards. and 3 p.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. when they can say curse words, but they can't show the that, boobs. That, that, that is those the, are the best rules, folks. blank movie of that genre ever produced. 100%. Yes. 100%. Where they didn't even come up with, like, a fun yeah. title. No, way better just... than not another indie movie. Oh, I yeah, know. or my big fat Greek independent movie or whatever it is. Or... No, that, that, that's the one oh. I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, it's still a bad title. So Santa gets left with Uncle Joe. Ernest goes to visit me. Uh, and the, one of the... Uh, with, moment... w- 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 uh, with Harmony Star. With Harmony Star. And one of the sequences like, of this... It was like the the archetypal lib in the movie. Yeah, she she talks about like not liking red meat and... Uh, she hates red meat. Her parents are divorced. Yes. Um, she yeah. says like... Yeah, she's a little... She, she goes, I don't like... It's like 1993, so you still can't say divorced in a kid's movie. Yeah. Uh, she says, I don't like red meat. And Ernest is like, yeah, I prefer pork too. Uh, or something like that. Uh... <laughs> What even is that it's... joke? What even? What even is that? He, he doesn't know that pork. I, is I, no, no, no. I there guess. was a time where pork was the other white meat when people didn't know a sh- mm. no, no. Well, okay, people still don't. People still don't know anything about health science. But there was a time where people also didn't know about health science, but it was centered on pork. Oh, yeah, you're right. I am remembering uh, pork the other exactly. White meat. Uh, but but we enter into I think the best section Absolutely. of the movie, which is essentially an earnest commercial where he just ransacks. Well, no, it's it's just Burns funny home. games. It's a home invasion sequence. It's, it's yeah, but this is this is essentially what an earnest ad yes. was. Yes. Uh, was shot the in first person perspective. Uh, Vern is the POV of the camera. Ernest is completely destroying his house, trying to set up a Christmas tree. Uh, there's a great like. Really, like incredible filmmaking uh, t- uh, thing happens. The match, the match cut? cut, yes. The uh, the match cut is so I good. Was... When Ernest is like yanking the cord out of the wall, and it 
he's about to yank a lamp out, and, like, the exact second he pulls, we cut to Santa Claus getting his mud shot. The lamp explodes, with the flashing light. and it match cuts with the flash bulb of Santa's mug shot. It's great. Yeah. It's so, it's really It's well really done. tragic, though, um, seeing Santa join the Aryan Brotherhood and changing his name to Odin, the one-eyed. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Santa uh, goes... Oh, but go this... No, I mean, this... I this, this is the little pocket of the movie that kind of works for me, because I also really like... I don't know. I don't know why it always works for me, but anytime you get, like, the big gruff prisoners to sing a song or something, <laughs> I always think that's, like, cute and funny in whatever fucking movie. Muppets Most Wanted. Paddington like, 2. Like, whatever. Like, Paddington 2. Like, any... We, I don't know why that works for we me. We here it's, at Puffin... We... Not Puffin. Uh, movies for Babies. Love himbos. Well, yeah. We love yeah, I love a himbo. It's like being vulnerable. Yeah. And that is the scene 100%. where the prisoners sing uh, the twelve, the half of the last half of Twelve Days of Christmas, and it's super charming. Absolutely, it's really charming. And you see the like, um, there's that section where all the hands stretch out of the jail bars and start clapping. Yeah, because the that. one because the one other prisoner sings in a partridge in a pear tree, and like the Aryan and the Muslim Brotherhood. Both, like, clap for it, because everyone comes together for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, because Christmas is for the pagans. Exactly. So, like, so, like, it's for everyone, everyone can celebrate Christmas. Christians. Yes. yes. Santa, Santa gets arrested, and very shortly after that, like, incredible first-person sequence, Ernest learns that, like, this Santa Claus, this is Santa Claus, and so there's this, uh, this plot, because he, he reaches into the, the bag of Santa sack, and uh, inside Santa's sack is the same thing that's inside the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, the way and... they shoot the sack looks like a horror movie. Like, the, uh, and the sounds yeah, that are coming out of it. It's like out the Ark of, of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, there's like children they, like, laughing inside and of it. Lit and... From underneath. <laughs> like, he's witnessing the horrible might of God. Yeah, and like. Yeah. Also, too, like, it's kind of dumb. Like, all the stuff he pulls out of. He and later on Star pull out of the sack is all like Christmas stuff. And it's like, no one wants Christmas stuff on Christmas. They just want like, listen, I don't want Christmas stuff on Christmas. Here's what I want. Generic girl dolls, little wooden rocking horses, Jack in the box, everything that is free to license when I am making Santa. You want a very public domain Christmas. Yes. I want, I want a little wooden duck with wheels. Yes. Yes. That is what I want for Christmas. Uh, and there's and Ernest starts transforming these orbs of yeah, light okay, okay. into. I actually like that though as a Santa mythos development. As Santa no, doesn't I, make I, presents, I, he just draws orbs of potentiality from the sack, <laughs> and they become whatever the recipient truly desires. Yes, which is cool. I think that uh, they have the teeny bopper play the completely wrong emotionality of this moment. Cause it makes sense for Ernest to do that and go like, Whoa, cool. But she's like, no, you're doing it all no, wrong. Cause, cause you don't know how to do this. She has, who's like, Oh she, shit, my but, parents are divorced and I'm hella gay. And she's like, Oh, I need a million dollars in unmarked bills to, I don't know, 
go to Las Vegas to become a I know, but she has like jeweler. She has just seen the very face of God. Like she has just seen like the most miraculous thing a human can witness, and she's like. No, you dumb idiot, Ernest. You're not doing no, it. No, okay. Right. I, like, okay. I, I will argue. That is peak Jewishness is okay. seeing the miracles of God and going, no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Do it to help me. <laughs> I see that, what my neighbors have, Lord, and I want that. That's for very me. nice. You've incarnated as a burning bush. What are you going to do about our slavery, God? Yeah, God. Where have you been, God? <laughs> what have I you think been that up is the to? appropriate... What have you been up to, Yahweh? Get it together. I want to cast... Yeah, I, I like that reaction to God. I like... It's like, hey, what are you going to do for me? <laughs> what are you... What are you... All right, let's see it. Uh, because, uh... uh I think I think uh, Ridley Scott has a great conception of yeah. God. Is that God is a robot and he hates you more than anything you to, could possibly to imagine. quote the me- to quote the message I put in the Wailing Wall when I went on uh, Birthright. Ooh. Show me what, what you've got. <laughs> ah, I like it. You were quoting Rick and Morty. No, no, <laughs> Rick and Morty wasn't <laughs> a thing in 2014. He was quoting Doc. Oh, and okay, Morty. okay. No, quoting, I was yeah, being the a adventures shitty, of Doc and Marty. quote unquote, edgy Jewish teen in Israel, trying to stick it to the Wailing Wall. Yeah, I mean that's, Fuck that's you, true. Wall. I also think that's a valid question. <laughs> Fuck I the mean, Fuck I'm you, from Missouri, Fuck the Show Me State, so I've got to ask God. Yeah, exactly. Show me truly what have you got? Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Uh, yeah, I, I, I embrace. <laughs> I embrace all of this. No one should build walls ever. I don't, maybe it's my classical literature education, but it's like when we were talking about building a border wall, I was like, I don't know. I've read too many books where like the city that walls itself in will ultimately be eaten <laughs> alive from inside. We, the walls will become the yeah. trap for us, not for them. I'm just an anti-Zionist to, uh, Jew who thinks that like building essentially the Jewish version of Jurassic Park uh, doesn't help us in the long run and in fact makes us just as wicked as can the I, things that we supposedly try to oppose. Can I say this? Can I say this? And Sure. Uh, if I, if, cancel me if I if I can't. Sure. Jurassic oh, I'm Park? ready. I've made that joke many times. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Woo, okay. We're clear. Woo! <laughs> I have my cancel gun ready. I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I had the stamp. I was all, it was all inked up. I was ready. The cancel gun. Uh, I was the Iceman from the Irishman, wet, ready to pull the trigger. I heard you paint houses. Yeah. I gotta say, like... The, the title Martin Scorsese likes so much, he left it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he said, fuck you, I'm not calling it the Irishman. Like, I know that's what you're gonna call it, but I'm going to leave the title cards, I hear you paint houses in the movie. What yeah, he, which, and yeah, no, did the Irishman ever come up as a title in the movie? No. I, I swear, I watched that movie. People tell me Robert De Niro's character is referred to as the Irishman. He's not. The only person who's referred to as the Irishman is Kennedy. I swear to God. I saw this movie. Like, king shit. He, well, yeah, once king ag- shit. W- once again, king shit. King shit. King shit from Martin Scorsese. I will never not respect my anti-Marvel king. 
We, we, we stand. We, I feel comfortable. I'm a fucking Martin Scorsese, Mark. That guy makes a movie, I'll go watch it, whatever. Yeah. Literally uh, the literally one of the five men in Hollywood who actually cares about world cinema. Yeah. Yes. And it's, uh, it's really cool what he does with Criterion. With the World Cinema Project, and yeah, no, I, I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan. The guy you know, that at, puts at his fucking point, money where his mouth is. Yeah. The guy that, like, is actually trying to preserve uh, world cinema, independent cinema, and people were like, what do you mean he doesn't like Iron Man 2? <laughs> well, no, mean? like, at one point, my dad, who is, of course, a he's a, you know, a man in his 50s, who is a huge Scorsese guy. Of course. How could you not be? Um, I bought him, like, Scorsese's, like, top 50 movies for Christmas, like, five, cool. like a couple years ago. And it was just, like, a documentary about Martin Scorsese sitting in a dark room just talking about his favorite movies. Oh, and my dad, yeah. like, gave me a text that said, hey, this is a cool video sent me, but, like, one-third of these are Italian and the other third are Japanese what is this video you gave me? <laughs> I love that. Like, I, the I, one I, movie he, like the two movies he recognized were Stagecoach and sure. All That Jazz. Hell yes, Which are both Marty. amazing movies. Yes, just Marty. to show what a king Scorsese is. We, Those uh, were we... like the two movies. My, like the guy who basically taught me to love movies. He didn't recognize, so I think that's, like, awesome. Hell yeah. We, we, uh, we watched a portion of that uh, in Pete Timmerman's Modern World Cinema class, and it was uh, very, very enjoyable. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd like to uh, like to finish that one day, but, uh, you know, too much. Gotta, gotta spend time watching Ernest Saves Christmas and Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox and all that stuff. Right. To quality as if film. all that change. as if Fantastic Mr. Fox we, we we you heard last month's episode I guess I'm just gonna do I'm gonna do uh, Sparks notes uh, for the rest of these um, yeah, yeah, yeah sure because we clearly do not want to talk about it uh, I'm I'm out I'm tapped <laughs> that's it uh, Ernest and Star uh, dress up as the gov like the governor's assistant and the governor's daughter or something to bust Santa out of prison. Um, Which further cements my theory that Jim Varney, when he acts like an asshole, is actually very hot. Yes. He is very this, hot in this, this like, is my, five minute uh, scene. Yeah, this is my second favorite part of the movie. Um, also, the uh, star is wearing the girl's uniform that uh, that they wore at St. John the Baptist uh, School in West Frankfort, Illinois. <laughs> um, there, I, I saw a lot of girls growing up wearing that same uniform. Oh, so you went to a mixed gender Catholic school? I did, I did. Uh, we all had props uniforms. to you. I had a buddy who went to a priory, and that is all boys. Well, I think the only reason it was mixed gender is because it was such a small town school. That's probably correct. Ern, uh, oh, so here's the thing. Ernest is doing a bit. He's playing a character. Ernest is playing a character in this, but like. He's doing the movies for babies thing where he just talks about how awful these cops are. Uh, and he exposes them for being shitty cops. And uh, and he talks a lot about, like, it's like he's implying that Santa Claus has, like, uh, mental and emotional problems. And that he's, like, being in prison is the wrong environment for him. And, no, uh, because he needs to be in solitary confinement. Well, yeah, uh, he, he is saying that. Um, but he he's talking about how bad these cops are. But earlier in the movie, uh, he has that keep the Christ in Christmas bumper sticker. 
Guys, I think, like, Ernest is the stereotypical, like, Florida swing voter. <laughs> He's the one that could go either way on the ba- whenever it comes to the ballot. Yeah, uh, they made that uh, movie uh, like swing the kind of guy votes. who voted for Obama it was about in 08, him. but Trump in 2016. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's Ernest. I think Ernest is the, uh, and, you know, Ernest is the kind of guy who'd, like, fuck up trying to punch through a Chad. Oh, uh, we learned that Star doesn't believe in Santa Claus because uh, Santa got her like a gender conforming gift. He she asked yeah. for like a baseball bat and he gave her a doll or something. And she's which, like, which further Fuck. cements that she is a gay. Te- my my theory that she is a gay teen from New York's and or New Jersey, and she, because she talks like the girlfriend from its cousin, my cousin Vinny. Do you think she ran away because like? She ran away from home because her parents, like... Do you think she ran away from home, or do you think her parents, like... Well, I... Uh, threw her I well, home? she explicitly ran away from home, although it's implied it's because her parents are divorced. But it was it was still the 90s when you couldn't yeah. say divorced in a kid's movie. This Santa Slay couldn't have run over that curb and kept going. Those transaxles weren't even invented until <laughs> 1989. <laughs> he went in a scarlet red sleigh. Hey, uh, we need to take care of those utes. You know, utes. <laughs> I, man, my cousin Vinny. Great Good movie. Flick. Like, Good flick. Great movie. If you ever have movie. seven hours to spare, watch my cousin Vinny. <laughs> it is the longest movie of all time. It is a funny movie. <laughs> so Joe uh, has accepted. Well, actually, we'll get Joe, it. Joe Conroy. Joe Conroy. Actually, so Uncle Joe in this movie, he's on set in the in a Christmas horror movie, and at one point Ernest arrives and he's got a pickup truck and he's dressed as like this crazy like snake farmer. He keeps saying "pison," and uh, and Santa Claus is in the back underneath like a sheet, and he's got a bunch of garden hoses and a rattle, and it, he's making it look like he's a bunch of snakes. And I kept thinking, and it doesn't. I don't think they give Ernest's character this character that Ernest is playing a name, but. Because they were looking for a guy named Joe, I was watching this to record a show with Kevin and Justin, and he's are doing a crazy character bit. I kept thinking that Ernest's character was called Chicken Joe, but that is a bit that Kevin came up for our friend Joe. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, he I mean, uh, Joe Joe. I love Joe Conroy. He has absolutely a rooster-esque Joe. silhouette. Yes, a very uh, prominent. I would say more like a, a like a greyhound, but uh, I, I'll I'll take rooster as well. Joe's Somewhere a, between canine and avian. Regardless, Joe is very handsome in profile. He's very handsome in general, Deeply but he's very handsome, handsome in profile. We love yes. you, Joe. Um, so Joe is working on this Christmas horror movie called Christmas Slay or something like that. Santa is no, it, it is but... Christmas Slay because all the Jews in the f- cinema industry have to explain to the Gentile that no, it's S L A Y, not S L E I G H. Yeah, and that's why uh... it's okay to swear in front of kids and then kill an alien. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a Christmas Slay or Silent Night, Deadly Night, or whatever it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, while they're trying to, um, while Santa and Ernest are trying to convince Joe to take up the mantle as Santa, Star is like taking all the things out of the sack, trying to find a million dollars or whatever. Um, the dwarves arrive to look for Santa. Um, elves. 
or the yeah, the, excuse me, the elves arrive to look for Santa. Uh, they and Ernest take, they meet with Galliard, Sartain, and Bilberg, and they take the reindeer, load the reindeer up in a rider moving truck. Um, but Ernest drives this rider moving truck over a spike strip and blows out all the tires. And so, like, they're not going to be able to get the reindeer and the sleigh to the children's museum in time. What do they do? And then you get the all the all the images from the trailer of this movie, which is Ernest behind the wheel of a sleigh, like driving a sleigh. Yeah. He, he can't remember the name of the uh, eight reindeer. He he keeps saying blister instead of blitzen. Yeah. Also, um, for the record, Joe, the Mister Rogers type, uh, does puppet shows at the kids' museum. Yes, I, I yeah. Within I which is an old lady that uh, Santa hits it off with. Yes, uh, the future. He hits her off with her, and she's like a future Mrs. Claus, I guess. Yeah, Not even um, Mrs. Claus. Literally just an older woman that the soon-to-be old man just wants to hook up with. Yeah, Mrs. Uh, future Mrs. Old Lady. Um, uh, there's this weird thing. Joe has been seen auditioning with kids. He's been seen on set of this Christmas movie with cameras on him. And then later on in the movie... He's talking with, like, the producers, and I think, uh, I think at this point Santa Claus has given up on Joe taking up the mantle. Um, but Joe's meeting with the producers, and he's like, I don't know if I can do this picture because of the language in it. I don't know if I can sign on for this. And it's like, sign on? You've been auditioning? You've been in front of camera? Like, you're in this movie. Uh, at one point, he, he shaves his beard, uh, and Santa's well, like, very uh, upset uh, about when that. When they do this scene, they're doing it in a, uh, an agent room where... They, again, it's, they have the Hollywood sign as a poster, but instead of it say, the, the word saying Hollywood, the sign says Florida. It's weird. Uh, it's, it like, they must have, been... have gotten, like, a tax cut or something to set this here. Well, it's Touchstone Pictures is owned by Disney, so it's just like, mm. Disney's got free sets, they've got free. I think a lot of this was filmed at my former workplace, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Could be wrong, but um, I believe it. But uh, so Joe turns down this movie. He he discovers that he sees the sleigh. He sees the sleigh that Ernest is in with the elves, and he's like, "Oh, the Santa guy has been real." And he and he takes up the throne or the the sleigh. He signs the Santa the, Claus. He signs the Santa Claus. And then Star has been trying to run away with the Christmas sack, but then she realize like she feels guilty and she comes back. Um, Joe meet, they all find themselves in front of the children's museum. Joe takes up the mantle of Santa Claus. Uh, and then S Joe has Ernest pilot the, uh, the sleigh and star hangs around, uh, with the sleigh and they go off and deliver kids and Santa Claus, uh, hangs out with the old lady. Uh, I, I just blew through the last uh, the, I, the last hour and a half of that movie. And, well, like, um, we, I, I want to reinforce, Don Cyril's is sincerely incredible as a Santa. Yes. Like, okay, you know all the, like, the absent-minded, just, oh, I'm the king of, I'm the sultan of Agrabah. I love being the sultan. Now take that energy and give it to Santa Claus. And it comes across as so sweet. Yes. And so heartfelt that even when he connects to an old and a spinster running the children's museum, and they relate through that and just their love of children. And it's like, 
God damn, this is a good-ass Santa that no one talks about, that absolutely deserves the credit. As I said, like, this movie bummed me out as a little kid, and it's because, like, he was so convincing that I was like, it bummed me out to see Santa Claus sad. It bummed me out to see Santa Claus, like, in prison. Yeah. That's how good it of a Santa It is legitimately distressing to watch this man who reads, like, a, a delirious old man just, like, being arrested because he can't, like, find his identification. Like, that is so fucking upsetting. And this was Absolutely. the 90s when now sh- things are markedly worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the year 2020, one of the things that, like, bummed me out the most was, oh, no, Santa Claus is getting arrested. <laughs> like, oh, oh, like, okay, in 2020, like, everyone in jail is dying of COVID. Yeah. Oh, like, God. oh, no, Santa Claus got the coronavirus. Oh, he can't no. come this year. He's quarantining at the North Pole. Oh, no, the prisoners weren't wearing masks, and now Santa's got COVID. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, he, like, in a way that, like, you don't... Like, you could buy him just being <laughs> Santa. Yes. <laughs> or a Santa adrift in a modern world in the 90s. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, he's great in his role, and, like... I don't know what it is about these late 80s, early 90s, early 90s movies, especially Christmas ones, but, like, this with Santa Claus and Mary Morrison, and then, like, the guy who owns the toy shop in Home Alone 2, like, uh, Old Man Marley in Home Alone 1, like, these movies are rife with just, like, sad old people, and it fucking bums me out every single time I watch one of these. Like, well, in, in all fairness, in the 90s, so, the Soviet Union collapsed and history was over. We were all bummed about it, man. Yeah, we were bummed that the Soviet Union was gone. So we had to, like, Wayne and have Garth to, we got actually on had SNL. to deal with the poor people in our own countries. Yeah. I guess so. There's just a lot of sad old people cinema. Uh, and, uh, the, the difference, I guess, between this and... Like, Home Alone, like, the Old Man Marley stuff legitimately just makes me cry. Like, it just gets me every single time. Because he's literally just an old man shoveling walks, right? Yes. Uh, This uh, movie, Ernest Saves Christmas and Home Alone 2, is just like, oh, the old people are sad. Like, (laughs) Home Alone is a lot more effective with their depiction of sad No, because it was the 90s, so these were all people who got blacklisted in the 50s. Oh, they're former, I see, they were on the... Uh, they're former members of the Communist Party of America. Oh, gosh, all friends with Trumbo or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> I see. I, I will say, like, Ernest Saves Christmas, like, there's a handful of movies that I, I, I want to watch every holiday season. Um, not that I'm a big Christmas person, but I'm also not a Grinch either. Um, I, I Every year I'll enjoy watching A Home Alone. Every year, like, I'll... Really enjoy watching uh, It's a Wonderful Life, whatever. And then, of course, like every year, I even though the movie sucks, I have to watch it. Uh, I have to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, That's the is, most burned thing I've ever heard. The movie sucks, but I, I just I can't help but watch it. Um, but like every year, but like Ernest Saves Christmas is not a it's not a first string holiday classic. But if I were to watch this. Every three years during December, I'd be like, yeah, 
I'd be happy with that. I don't know, like I don't know if it could be like a in a Home Alone rotation or Christmas Vacation rotation, but I think like if you're looking for a good B level or C level Christmas classic, yeah. I think I, I Kevin's not a fan, um, but I think it's good for like half watching. Well, like like you, it's it's a good movie to put on in the background. Like yeah, like while you're wrapping story. presents or something. If I or... had a tiny TV in my kitchen and I was yes. prepping the Christmas dinner, Ernest Saves Christmas would be a completely inoffensive thing to have on and like look at while I'm stirring butter into corn. Yes. Um and that is, you know, I don't I don't know about y'all. I rented this on the PlayStation Network and the <laughs> version of this that they had and like, hey, that this thing had almost a full five stars. Like, people that are renting Ernest Saves Christmas on PlayStation, they know what they're getting and they're rating it high. But like, the version that we rented was like a VHS transfer. So mm. like, it was like it was four by three. <laughs> like, it was the most standard of definition. Um, it was just like I don't know if I'll ever put this put this bad boy on again because I will have to pay U.S. money to do it. Uh, but I will uh, say, I, uh, I, I mean, my research for this was watching the badly edited cut of this on YouTube, and then I, the uh, Doug Walker review of this from 2011. I'm embarrassed oh, to say boy. that I watched a DVD of this. Uh, but wow. also, oh, do not be embarrassed because you have but, uh, the movie and you enjoy it. Well, it's a it was a thing too where like I could rent it for three dollars on Amazon or I could buy it for two dollars at Silver Platters in Linwood, Washington. I'll go ahead and just spend the extra money. And like it was a thing like I'll grab that while I'm there at Silver Platters to grab my main event movie I'm picking up. Um like, oh cool, uh, whatever. It's throw on this extra two dollar movie. Um Sure. My D V D is uh it sucks because the menu the menu screen of the movie is four by three. So, like, whenever you're watching it on a flat screen TV, there's black bars on the sides of it. But yes. then when you hit play, uh, it's it's in widescreen, but at the four by three aspect ratio. So it's in a tiny rectangle inside the TV. Uh, oh. And it's an official, like, it's not like a bootleg. It's, an, it's the official release of this movie. So... Disney did not even care about this movie. They're just like, whatever, it's fine. Some so, asshole is going to buy this I for $2 pause it used. used. <laughs> oh, what? Go me. ahead, go ahead. Um, if you guys had to cast a Santa in a movie, who would it be? Modern era? Like, if I'm making a movie in the year yes, 2000? Yes, in 2020 and forward, if you were casting a Santa in, a, in your dream Christmas movie, who would it be? Uh, what's Keith his name? David. Well, of course. Um, Sorry, I, I would but do Keith a. Uh, what's his name? I can't. I can't think of the character's name. Uh, I. I can't think of the actor's name. I can only think of the character's name. Uh, I would probably do a Nick Offerman Santa Claus. Ooh. Okay. Well, he did actually play Santa in the um, the Bob's Burger. Bob Burger's oh, uh, okay. holiday special. Yeah. Well, as actually a gay Santa. Okay. Who um, like frequents the gay club? <laughs> I would do a I'd do a Nick Offerman or maybe even like depending it depends on like what kind of Christmas thing you're going for. 
Uh, but I could see like Carl Tart as a fun Santa Claus. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends on what you're doing. As someone who's written a Christmas movie, uh, the Carl Tart Christmas uh, Santa would not would not work in that. But maybe the Nick Offerman would. Um, I would do um, uh, a fourth in the Tim Allen Santa Claus franchise, but his wife, played by Elizabeth Mitchell from TV's Lost, has murdered Tim Allen and become Santa Claus herself. Mm. Uh, so I could go with that Hell one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I I'm gonna stick by Keith David. The voice, the presence, the warmth. Uh, it's all it's all Keith David all the way. Keith David's maybe. a good Santa Claus. Keith David's a good anything. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Never been bad. Justin, see for me, if I was doing a Mister Claus, I'd do Jack Black. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane that he hasn't been cast as a Mister. Especially Claus. now with the beard, like he just has a big. Santa yeah. Beard exactly. Now. But if I was doing a movie that was centered on Mrs. Claus, I would go for Kathleen Madigan. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. As just, yeah, it's much more of a, like, PG-13 Santa Claus. I am a... But I, I think she'd be a very funny as a, as, like, an overworked... Like desperately trying to just keep up to the workplace, Santa I'm Claus. I'm very surprised that it's not that it's not happened. But like, I'm very surprised that there's not like a movie about Santa Claus and about what he does ele- the eleven months outside of the year, outside of Christmas, where it's just like Santa Claus dicking around at home and he's played by Jack Black. I'm surprised that movie has not been made. Santa just- Claus dicking around at home should be played by John Gabris. Thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Thank you. Uh, yes. Real please. real quick, uh, before before we get too far away from Ernest's Christmas, I do want to say, like, one of the things I do kind of like about this movie, and that's, like, weirdly progressive about this movie, is, like, Joe is talking with Santa Claus, and he's like, you want me to deliver to every kid in the world? And Santa's like, no, there's some people whose cultures uh, don't have room for Santa Claus, so you don't have to worry about it. You know, like, he says something like that, and it was very nice for uh, for this movie and yeah. really progressive to, like, acknowledge yeah. that, like, there's other faiths and other beliefs for in the world. For fucking 1988, like, yeah. <laughs> Reagan's America. Yeah, it, 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 was the, it, it was political correctness in its yeah. baby stage. And I, I, I liked that. Yeah, no, it's so nice. So that, that, that alone gets, like, gives the movie a few rubs. I don't know that like I don't I don't know like what could you even do with a Santa Claus movie nowadays? Not like a Santa Claus Tim Allen movie, but just like a movie about Santa Claus. What could you even that, do? That like nowadays? possibly has not well, been done. No. Have you guys seen the trailer for Fat Man? No. Oh the <laughs> Mel it's... Gibson thing. Yeah, oh. it's it's a movie where Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus going to war against a child he gave uh, coal to, the problem with it is that the kid that Mel Gibson fights looks identical to Ben Shapiro. Ooh. Ooh. And oh. don't and get me wrong, like, I'm not okay with Ben uh, Shapiro Mel getting Gibson's his ass kicked. History, <laughs> him being antagonistic to a Ben Shapiro lookalike who is pissed at Santa for giving him coal, I think is at least in the proximity of being yeah, problematic. Yeah, what the uh, fuck? Walton Goggins is in this movie? 
Oh, yeah, he plays a contract killer hired by not Ben Shapiro. And don't get me wrong, like, Ben Shapiro should get his ass kicked. But maybe... Ben Ben Shapiro is the biggest dork who deserves every wedgie and swirly. Yes, he does not deserve his ass kicked, but he deserved, like, wedgies. He deserves to be pantsed on a public stage. He deserves to be uh, swirly. I'm looking at the the poster for this movie, and it looks like a fucking fake poster from, like, funny people. Like, it looks like... it. Well, no, like, you guys remember the trailer? No. Yeah, like, you know the fake trailers from funny people? Yeah. It's that, but it's real. You know real. what it really apparently, is? Apparently it's coming to cinemas next week. <laughs> Good it's, luck. Oh, God. Uh, Good luck, Fat Man. <laughs> next, next week at the time of recording or next week at the time of air? Next week at the time of recording, November nineteenth. Oh, God, uh, I don't know when this will come out. The, Probably the twenty third. The fact that it's debuting in November is all is actually the most pathetic part of it. <laughs> that it doesn't even have the guts to air in December. Well, that's that's I I hate to give credit to Fat Man. That is not uncommon for a Christmas movie to like come out in November with the implication that it will run a month and a half to Christmas. Hollywood always uh, does that. Where they release their spooky movie in fucking September. They release their Christmas movie in November. They always just like... And so if the movie is something that you're like kind of interested in... Like uh, Doctor Sleep I was interested in, but I was not interested in, in watching it in September. But I would have been very interested in watching it in October. But that movie did not do well. So whenever it came time for October to come around, like... It was nowhere to be seen. You couldn't get it on VOD because it was just outside that window. And then, like, I finally see the movie on October later. And it's an incredible movie. I absolutely love it. Maybe even like it better than the the original Shining. Uh, and I'm bummed out that I didn't watch it in theaters. But, like, there's so many times like that where, like, there's Halloween sequels released in August. There's Christmas movies released in <laughs> November or October. And it's like... Chucky movies released in yeah. February. <laughs> it's like that's I, alternative program, baby. I, I I get what they're doing, but like I wish uh, it was. I get why they would do it, but it bums me out whenever. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's a moot point now because no one's ever going to set foot in the movie theater ever again. So um, right. But I got to see like Krampus in movie theaters during December, so that was cool. You know. And then, yeah, did we finish this? I, I can't remember. Uh, uh, we're still we f- recording. Uh, no, I mean, did we finish describing? Oh, yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah, at the yeah, end of the movie. Yeah, we're done, we're done, we're done. If, uh, cool. Folks, if if you're only going to watch one Ernest movie, don't do this one. Uh, watch either, watch Ghost of Jail or watch Scared Stupid. If you're going to watch a second or a third one, then watch this one. Uh, as I said, yes. if, you, if you want a good C-grade Christmas classic, this is this is good for you, but I don't know. Vern is of course yeah. uh, erasing slam you want dunk. Something that Ernest? the uh, Turner Classic <laughs> Movie slam Channel dunk. plays at eleven a.m. Sla- yeah. yeah. Oh, excuse me. I forgot about Slam Dunk Ernest. I forgot about Ernest goes to school. Thank uh, you. First role of a young Will Sasso. Um, Thank you. Er, slam Dunk Ernest straight to video. Um, we will be back next month. <laughs> I think with. Um, the, th- uh, 3D animated Lupin movie, Lupin the Third, yeah. the First, we, depending on how that gets released, Folks, we shall yeah. see, we shall see. Folks, we're going, it, we are branching out into world cinema. 
with Lupin the Scorsese's Third. Dream World Cinema Lupin the Third. I pre-ordered the DVD. I'm excited. It should oh. hopefully come in before. I hate. I hope it's the thing where it comes in early and I can watch it and then record and not have to rent it, then record and then it finally arrives in the mail. Looks like a but, fun uh, movie. Not yeah, I haven't uh, pre-ordered that. I probably uh, should do that. As shout a Factory, baby! As should I. Love a little Shout Factory. Uh, but that's what we're uh, planning for next time, provided that the movie is actually available in December. Uh, but uh, It'll be at least available on... And on guys, I gotta man. tell you, people listening at home, if you enjoyed what you just <laughs> listened to, <laughs> you might be a subscriber to Movies for Babies. <laughs> I've been waiting this entire podcast for one of you guys to start a sentence with the words if and just waiting <laughs> to do avoiding it like the plague oh god thanks oh, for wait, listening that joke's not funny anymore oh shit yeah that's uh you can't sorry can't say Kevin. that on television sorry Kevin you gotta point that cancel gun at yourself I'm sorry oh fuck self cancel <laughs> can't say that on television but you can say it on self-cancel, podcasting self cancel Okay. I heard he canceled himself. I, okay, I've said enough things about the Jewish people that I should be canceled at this point. He's canceled, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> I heard he canceled himself. <laughs> and lo, Christ came upon the cross and canceled himself. Cancel- Christ was canceled for our sins, but on the third day he was rebooted. <laughs> Today is the legend of the